Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Extremely Awesome Podcast. I'm your host Matt, going in solo again. Of course, as a norm around this time of year because of the fact that, um, you know, uh, my co-host Thunder, uh, he's on hiatus uh, because of, um, this is like a busy time of year for work and he has to work uh, six days a week, so yes, um, let's get right into it. Um, I decided earlier this month to start a new like tradition, and if you guys want to emulate it, by all means, like feel free. And that tradition is. Uh, starting this year and every year going forward the for the month of December, I am not going to be following anything like political. Um, I haven't listened to my political podcast that I've been that I typically like listening to. Um, I'm not seeking out any political news stories. Literally, the only news like that I'm like getting is. Whatever is on my feed on X, but I'm not really interacting with them a whole lot. I just like been for the most part bookmarking them as um like so that way I can get it later. But um, you know, I don't like I haven't like watched anything like of traditional news or anything like that. I just been listening to uh like wrestling podcasts such as the Kurt Angle Show, 83 Weeks, The Extreme Life of Mad Hardy, my uh, Discuss Impact, and so on and so on. Or I'm listening to Christmas music or watching uh, Christmas-related stuff and been uh, keeping up on my, like, wrestling. But that's pretty much all I've... I've been doing for the entire month of uh, December so far. Um, this past Friday, I put up my Christmas tree. And and that's another thing that I am starting to do going forward. is Because um, I used to just like put up my Christmas tree whenever. Then I did some uh, research of Irish uh, Christmas traditions, and that is one of them, and I'm going to do that going forward as well, because as you, that people might know, that I am very proud of my Irish roots, and that's one thing I'm going to preserve for me going forward. Um, and the reason... The reason why that is, is because of the fact that, um, one of the reasons is that before, uh, America came out with Black Friday and, and Cyber Monday, yeah, um, because they don't do it as much anymore, they still pick the Christmas tree up on December 8th every year, but... They used to, like, the people that don't live in Dublin would travel to, like, from all over Ireland to Dublin to start their Christmas shopping. Because that was, like, their version of Black Friday. And that's, like, when they started getting really good deals and, and whatnot. And that was, uh... The, and like I said, ever since the advent of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, that kind of went away. Um, and another thing is that it had to do with uh, the Virgin Mary and honoring her as well. Now, don't ask me, like, how to, like, uh, pronounce it. Like, they typically take down, 
the Christmas tree on January 6th. And, and it's like a very big deal in in Ireland because not only that they take down their Christmas tree, but that is like the day that that the 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 women in Ireland would have they have like kind of like their day off type of deal and the men take over the the uh they running the house like duties on that day such as um as cooking and and uh they keeping the house uh in taking order and all that kind of stuff so they run the house um on January 6th while like the women gets out of the house and they you know go out to like a bar like with their girlfriends and and enjoy their their day off now the english trans uh, translation is called little christmas so that's a pretty fun little fact there another another tradition is one that i can't do is placing a candle in the window on christmas eve only because that that my like my parents, I don't want like really like the walls like you know damaged with all like the uh, candle smoking and stuff. So I might have to figure out a way to like to do that without using an actual candle. I know that there might be like some electric ones or whatnot, but that's ne that's neither here nor there. I might like I'm going I'm going to have to look into that one. So, but yeah, that's some fun, like, so the, basically the traditions I'm doing is, is the, uh, putting up the Christmas tree on December 8th and taking it down on January 6th. I'm going to preserve those, uh, tradition and, like, if the good Lord blesses me with, with, uh, children... I'm going to pass that down them like down to them as well. So, all right. I know it's a little bit early, but before we get into the rest of the show, let's get into a sponsor, Carefree Merch. If you haven't heard of them, you soon will. I wear them. They are super soft, super comfortable. They got hoodies for t like hoodies, t-shirts for outdoor lovers to patriotic tees. With so much uh, more products are in the works. One popular seller for them is pillowcases. When I was um, when I had Carefree Renee on, she like which you can hear that that from a couple weeks ago. Like you will, like like you will know that that uh, people go gaga over those uh, pillowcases. Like people were going nuts when we were uh, at a convention one time. That so many people were stopping and saying, like, "Oh my god, I like how much like they love these pillowcases." So yeah, check like check those out. Those are our top seller. Um. All their products are made in the USA, so if you like supporting small businesses as well as supporting America, then look no further than Carefree Merch. The website is carefreemerch.myshopify.com. That's C-A-R-E-F-R-E-E-M-E-R-C-H.myshopify.com. Thank you, Carefree Merch, for sponsoring the podcast. The website will be in my bio link that I put in the description below. Alright, moving on. This is uh, from goodnewsnetwork.org from the 
December 3rd, I think, if I remember the timestamp correctly. Uh, let's see. I can't find where... Uh, oh, I was close. December 2nd. So, so basically, what happened... I'm not going to read the entire article, but there was a deer in Minnesota that was caught on, that was uh, trapped on top of, of ice, lying down on, on ice, and, and the fire department had to get creative because the ice was very thin ice from what I read of the article. So what they did was they tied up like a rope around their their waist and they actually I don't know like what they're called but there's these things that they use like for curling and they were crawling on their hands and knees along the ice and they went behind the deer so it doesn't so they don't spook the deer and they use that thing that they normally they that normally use for curling along that disc you know like those like disc things and they put like they gently push the like the deer off of the ice and onto like solid ground, and the deer got they managed to to um, survive the encounter unharmed. And if you guys want to you like to see see the article for yourself because they also have a video of it as well. Um, the website is goodnews. Dot, like, I'm sorry, goodnewsnetwork.org, and and then there, like in the drop down, you like you just hover over good news, like in the drop down, like click on heroes, and it is the first uh, news story in the in the uh, like heroes uh, section of the good news. And it's like the headline is firefighters uh, crawl across frozen lake and save stranded deer using a curling technique. Watch. And yeah, there, and that's uh, basically the, the article there. And, and I love, uh, I love uh, stories like this. You know, because it's it's a like good happy ending. I love this website because, like I said when I first introduced uh, this site to you all, um, it doesn't matter what you're watching. Ra like rather, if it's Newsmax, Fox News, CNN, NBC, it doesn't freaking matter. All, all, like, all of them is, like, doom and gloom of how much, like, the world sucks and, and this and that. And you don't really hear, um, like, good news stories so often. And this whole, like, site is nothing but good news. So, and that's what, I feel like that's what we all need is just to hear some, like, good news and saying, that yeah, there might be a lot of like, things wrong with the world, but there is some good that is still happening in it. You just gotta seek it out, and that's like what I'm doing. I've been, you know, ever since I I stopped watching, you know, for this month, like anything and consuming anything like uh, political. I've been extremely happy. It's been, it's been a fantastic reset for me. And I recommend you guys, uh, you know, doing the same thing. But at the end of the day, if, if you 
If you don't want to, you know, obviously I can't make you. I'm just uh, suggesting it, but... But yeah, that's... That's just, um... That's all I gotta say about that. There's just, like, a lot of... Like, there is still some good things happening in the world. You just gotta seek it out. Alright, moving on. UPI. They reported this on December 6th. Overdue book returned to Pennsylvania Library after nearly a hundred and twenty years. Uh, let's see here. The book uh, still bears a pocket inside the cover listing the library's rules and contains a library card issued to Horace Short in 1904. So we're talking about 119 years ago, folks. The library said the book was checked out for 43,641 days, which would have accrued a fine of $872 at the 1904 rate of $0.02 cents per day, or... $10,910.25 at the current rate of $0.25 cents per day. Mr. Short was very lucky when they we currently cap fines for books at $10. The library said in the comment under the post. So, yeah, he is a very lucky. Shoot. Alright, moving on here. This is uh, from today, actually. Not too long ago, this article that I posted. Uh, from the New York Post. Dolphin with thumb surprised scientists in first ever discovery. Now, this this intrigued me. I'm not going to lie because I don't know if I said it on the podcast. This might be a first that I am a big Dolphins fan. And no, I'm not talking about the Miami Dolphins, like the the football team or any of that uh, shit. I care less about football. Um, I'm talking about actual Dolphins in the water. Um, hybrid seemingly, like seeming creatures, are apparently not limited to Greek mythology. It was like the very first time we saw a surprising flipper like, morphology in 30 years of surveys in the ocean uh, in the open sea and also in studies while monitoring all the stranded dolphins along the coast of Greece for 30 years um and then i mean i am kind of just like skimming through like through it like an ocean going version of a redeemed misfit like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the dolphin's unusual thumb-like, thumb-like appendages apparently have prevented it from being, haven't pre- that prevented it from being accepted by the pod. If you guys like want to check this out, um, feel free to uh, look like. It's on uh, the new on the New York Post uh, website. Just type in in their search bar dolphins like with thumbs surprises, and it it should pop up. And it has like a bunch of pictures show like showing like showing uh, you it, and it also shows you what. What uh, most dolphins 
it looks like. You know, like of their flippers. But honestly, this is under the their like weird but true like section. But I don't know exactly how true it actually is. You know what I mean? It's I mean for all we know it could be like somebody in a costume you know swim like swimming for all we know it could have been like a very good like a very good well made like costume that made it look like it's uh lifelike for all we know but but I I don't know. Like, what do you guys think? Let 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 me know like, on X or or on Facebook. All right, moving on here. We got I got a uh, top ten uh, Christmas movies of all time. I mean, the like this is from uh, IMDb. And it's actually the top 100, but I'm only going to be doing the the top 10. Uh, number one, it's A Wonderful Life, according to IMDb. Now, number two is, is a very um, debatable. Is, uh, it's Die Hard. Some people, like a lot of people, I think it is a Christmas movie because it takes place around Christmas time. And there are are people like me who don't believe it's a Christmas movie. It's just like an action movie that just so happens to take a, like, place around Christmas time. But I don't count it as a Christmas movie. I mean, that. That's just um, my opinion, folks. Um, number three is the nineteen fifty one edition of A Christmas Carol. Uh, number four is Home Alone. Number five is the nineteen sixty four TV movie of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Number six is National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. That is uh, my mom's uh, favorite Christmas movie. Number seven is A Christmas Story. Number eight is a Miracle on 34th Street. Number nine is Elf. And number 10 is Gremlins. Now, I actually I saw Gremlins, but it's been a long time. Um, I actually did not know it's a Christmas movie. I'm going to have to look at that movie again because... It didn't seem very, from what I remember, it didn't really seem very Christmassy. But I could be wrong, but I don't know. But number 11 is Bad Santa from 2003. I will give you guys like a bonus on the... On that one, because I'm not exactly sure if Gremlins is a Christmas movie or not. So, there you go. There is uh, 11, 11 uh, Christmas uh, movies right there. Of all time. Well, 9 with uh, 2 might be like debatable. Like I said, uh, Gremlins and, and Die Hard. So, 
I'll leave you to, like, to decide, like, what you would classify that as. Now, my favorite of the, like, my favorite Christmas movie of all time is a Muppet's Christmas Carol. But I just love the, the book by Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. And I've seen, I've seen a few renditions of A Christmas Carol. I've seen some adaptions like, of it. And this is from Looper. L-O-O-P-E-R. Let's see what they have to say of what's, you know, from uh, worst to best of, uh, of A Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol the movie. When did that take place? 2001. Uh, like the second worst is A Carol Christmas. Never even heard of that. When was that? Um, it doesn't say. Oh, 2003. See, the third worst is the 2009's A Christmas Carol. Let's see, then a 2004 A Christmas Carol. See who was in that. Um, Alan Menken. And then Mickey's Christmas Carol. You see, the thing is, is that they got Mickey's Christmas Carol on here because I saw it um, before going on the air. But they don't have like the friends, like, the Flintstones to like one. Or the Jetsons for that matter. Which, in my opinion, the Jetsons is actually the the worst adaption of A Christmas Carol of all time because it it was squeezed down into a thirty minute uh, runtime. So so we got like so I felt it it felt like it was very rushed. That's so I think that's actually in my opinion the worst Christmas uh, carol of all time be uh like the Jetsons one. Now, if they wanted if they I feel like they should have included at minimum uh Flintstones uh, Christmas carol because they did, like they like they did a version of it, which I thought was pretty good, but they they didn't include it. Uh, next up is Scrooged, and then the nineteen seventy one A Christmas Carol. Following up uh, the 1951's A Christmas Carol. And then here is, is my dad's favorite, the 1999's A Christmas Carol. So we're getting into like the better ones. Now this one with Patrick Stewart in it, I thought it was really good. I... Felt like it should have been higher on the list. Because um, it was a little bit more true to the book than than some of the other ones. The And then uh, the 1970s Scrooge outranks that. I mean, I'm going to have to take looper's like word for it because I've never seen the 70s version of Scrooge so and then 
I have this one. I just haven't seen it yet. The 1984 is a Christmas Carol with uh, George C. Scott. Is I ranked at number three. So they got the 1991, uh, the 1999's uh, version in as number five. See, the number two is my favorite of the Christmas Carol of all time. Uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol. And what I personally love about that movie the most was it was the very first movie that the Muppets did without Jim. Like... Jim Hansen, the creator of the Muppets, like died shortly before this movie came out, and this was the first movie that they've ever done without Jim, and it was just like tremendously done because I felt like, in my opinion, they had that sweet spot of a balance, like where. Where they had just enough Muppet humor to to remind you you're watching a Muppets movie. But not overly done it to where it insult the book of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. It, I felt like they found that right balance uh, between them. Like between the, the two properties. Which I thought was that was just so tremendously done, and then, according to Looper, the best ever made was the nineteen thirty eight A Christmas Carol, and again I would have to take their their word for it because I haven't seen the nineteen thirty eight version of it. All right, let's move on here, folks. We we are trucking along here. Let's go with part two of the the uh, the NHL team's worst arena on the road. Kicking off this week's Edmonton Oilers. Their worst arena is the Scotia Bank Saddle Dome in Calgary. Their the win loss record is forty three wins, sixty eight losses. The Florida Panthers is next up. Their worst is the PNC Arena. At Raleigh, North Carolina. At 16 wins, 35 losses. Ouch. That hurts a lot, I bet. LA Kings. Scotiabank Saddle Dome is their worst arena as well. At 35 wins, 54 losses. Uh, the Minnesota Wild, same thing. Let's go to Bank Dome at 17 wins, 27 losses. The Montreal Canadiens, their worst arena was the Boston Gardens. The Boston Garden at Boston, Massachusetts at 108. Eight wins and one hundred and forty-one losses. Um, the Nashville Predators' worst arena is at the Enterprise Center at St. Louis, Missouri. And believe it or not, it's actually not a bad record. We're just talking about a margin of error there at twenty-eight wins, twenty-nine losses. So. We're talking about 
a 51% lose rate there. Like I said, that's like pretty much like a margin of, of error right there. Um, the New Jersey Devils at, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Mick Nichols Sports Arena at Denver, Colorado with 81 wins, 116 losses. And the New York Islanders, worst arena, is uh, Madison Square Garden, the fourth incarnation of it, at 59 wins, 73 losses. The New York Rangers, their worst arena, of all time was the Montreal Forum at Montreal, Quebec at 69 wins, 194 losses, which that is not a good record at that arena. Fortunately, that that arena is no longer there. Um, the Ottawa Senators at TD Garden at Boston, Massachusetts, at 25 wins, 36 losses. So that's like this week's edition of the worst team on the road. Now, I don't know like how much you guys uh, keep up on hockey, but there was a story a little while back about Austin Watson um, basically losing his his uh, temper, and I'm going and after a losing effort against the Nashville Predators. He, he, um, he took a slap shot and hit a, uh, a Nashville Predator, uh, Jeremy, like, the chest. Oh, wow. I thought it was his knee, but no, it was his chest. Um, and... And the thing is, when I first saw this, which you guys, uh, you know, saw what I I said on X, uh, possibly, uh, at Matt Nation 89 that, n- nope, like, so, but you guys, like, heard what I said on, on there, but I'm going to add to, like, to that. Nobody likes to lose. I get it. Uh, they lost five to one, but but like let's see, nobody likes to lose like they. But the thing is, that was like very unsportsmanlike. Uh, in my opinion, I think he deserves a a uh, suspension for unsportsmanlike conduct. I mean, obviously, the length of like the suspension would be to. Up to like the, you know, the disciplinary people and in, in uh, the NHL for for that, but I I just like find it very disgraceful. Like, disgraceful. I used to be a I was like a big fan of Austin Watson. I loved him and his uh, time during Nashville. And that's like what like you know really, really upset people like the most. He used to be a Nashville Predator, and this happened at the very arena that he used to play at all the time on a regular basis. And I think that's like what people like pissed like was pissed off the most about was this was like a former Predator that did it like did this to his former team. 
it was very disgraceful. Like I know I already said that before, but um, it's very unbecoming in the sport of hockey. It's no need by any means. Like it, it's no need, and and this is like an update three days ago. Um, the. The NHL did very little to to punish him, announcing on Friday that Watson has only been fined $2,022.57. So basically, he got a slap on the, on the wrist. That's basically what it came down to. Um, because... Because... Um, Two like two thousand dollars may seem like a lot of money to you and me, but it's nothing in comparison to to uh, what Austin like Austin makes. As a matter of fact, I am going to look this up right now. There's this uh, website that you can go to called Cap Friendly, and they will tell you. What the contracts are for the hockey players, and and currently he is signed with uh, Tampa Bay for a one-year deal for seven hundred and seventy-six thousand six hundred and fifty-five dollars. That is nothing in comparison. Like, that is nothing. That's like Trump change for him. Hang on, I'm going to do some quick math here, folks. So, bear with me here. So, we're, like, we need a simple percentage. No, we don't need that. Uh, hang on. So, we're talking... 2000 like I said, and $22. I'm not even going to include the cents because uh, it's, it's not worth it. And then the, the year, like the, the yearly income is 776665 So we're talking about a measly... 0.26% of his annual income. Like I said, that is nothing. That is a slap on the wrist. We're basically saying, don't do that again. Um, it, it's, um, I, I don't, I think this is like a bad call from... Like from the like from like the NHL, there's n like there's no way like else to say it. This is like a very very bad call for the NHL. Just fining him two grand, no suspension. Now I know it's like like I seen like some of the of the comments, like there are people that are saying that that you know. It was intentional, and there are people that are saying that it wasn't intentional. You know, he had his head down, to be fair of Austin here. But, but whether if it's intentional or not, he still did it. He deserves a suspension. At minimum, at minimum for a game. At minimum. But no, this is a nothing. This is just like a freaking slap on the wrist. Basically saying, bad, don't do it again. You're a bad boy. I'm just saying, this is a horrible, horrible call by the NHL. Horrible call. Let me know what you guys think. Because I am uh, like running out of words here 
to, like, of adjectives like, to describe this. All right, folks. I'm switching gears here. I found an article here. 32 interesting facts about Christmas. The number one my fun fact. Christmas wasn't always uh, December 25th. And the saying is, while Christmas celebrates the birth of Jesus Christ, the actual date of the big event is lost to history. There's no mention of December 25th in the, in the Bible. And many historians say Jesus was most likely born in the spring. Some historians uh, posit the date was originally chosen because it coincided with the pagan festival of Saturnalia, while honored the agricultural god Saturn with celebrating and gift-giving. Yeah, I've heard uh, about that. That wasn't the first time I heard about that. The first time I actually heard about that was, believe it or not, the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, um, Sheldon um, actually said that in one of the Christmas episodes. Not verbatim, but, but yeah, he did actually say that that it what they it was moved to uh, coincide with the pagan festival of Saturnalia. Number two, gifts has have both Christian and pagan origins. Christmas may have like, grown up learning that we give gifts at Christmas to mimic the the presence of the three wise men brought the baby Jesus. But like so many other traditions, that also has uh, its roots in Saturnalia. The, pag like the pagans originally gave offerings to the gods too. Evergreens are an ancient tradition. The tradition of Christmas goes all the way back to the ancient Egyptians and Romans who decorate, uh, decorated with evergreens. During the winter solstice to uh, signify that spring would return, evergreens reminded them of the all-green plains that were to grow once the sun returned. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. How about you folks? Did you? I sure didn't. This is interesting. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to all of them. You can thank, like this is the number four fact, you can thank Prince Albert for your Christmas tree. Brew a stemming cup of tea when trimming your tree this year to pay homage to his origins. When Prince Albert of Germany got a tree for his new wife, Queen Victoria of England, the tradition really took off across the pond. A drawing of the couple in front of the Christmas tree first appeared in the Illustrated London News in 1848. After that, more and more folks starting like following suit. Number five. Saint Nick was more generous than Jolly. You probably already knew the idea of, of Santa Claus came from Saint Nicholas. The saint wasn't really a bearded man who wrote that like, who wore a red suit. That look, look came much later. In the 4th century, the Christian bishop gave away 
his large inheritance to the poor in in rescued women from servitude. In Dutch, his name is Sinterklaas, which later morphed into Santa Claus. If I butcher that, I am so sorry, folks. <laughs> I did not mean to butcher that. No disrespect intended. The his name is spelled of uh, like in the Dutch form S I N T E R space K L A A S. Then I later became Santa Claus. Now this I remember vividly. Before Coca Cola decided to use his use uh, San, like Santa's image for advertising. Santa looked more spooky than Jolly. Oh, actually, I didn't know this part. I knew that Santa Claus um, that was a part of the advertising for Coca-Cola. I knew that. But looking more spooky? That's news to me, too. Then in 1931, the beverage company hired an illustrator named uh, a Haddon Sun, like Sunbloom. I'm going to roll with it. H a d d o n space s u n d b l o m. I'm going to say Sunbloom to depict the the jolly old man. Or magazine ads. Now kids see like visions of sugar plums instead of having Santa themed nightmares. Wow. So it was like it it was a Haddon Sunbum that actually designed what we now know as Santa today. That's insane. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, number seven here. Hanging stockings started by accident. Legend has it, we hang stockings by the chimney with care because like one year a poor widowed man didn't have enough money for his three daughters at Downdries, making it difficult for them to marry. Generous old Saint Nick dropped a bag of gold down their chimney one night and into the freshly washed freshly washed stockings the girls had hung by the uh, fire to dry. After that, the tradition stuck. Wow. <laughs> I wonder what the name of, uh, of that man was. That would be pretty interesting to know. Let's see, I'm, I'm going to do a a few more here. Um, I'm going to go up to 12. I'm not going to do all of them. Let's see here. Number 8. Rudolph was a marketing ploy. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer first appeared in 1939 when the Montgomery Ward Department Store asked one of its copywriters to create a Christmas story for kids. That's that the store could distribute as a promotion in the first year alone. 2.4 million copies were that dis distributed, and later in 1949, Gene Audrey recorded the song "Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer." The adorable movie featuring the Island of Misfit Toys and Herbie the Elf 
hit the airwaves in our hearts in 1964. Wow, so it could be traced all the way back to 1939. So if you think about it, if you think about it really, the the Christmas like as long as like Christmas I've been around, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is actually still fairly young in comparison to like to the other stuff. That's very interesting. At least I think so. Let me know what you guys think. Number nine, the eight tiny reindeer have had lots of names. Rudolph was almost named Rolo or Reginald, and his crew had lots of other names. They'd previously been called Blossy, Glossy, Racer, Pacer, Scratcher, Beckless, Ready, steady, and fireball. Oh, that's actually a cool little nod. Because I know there was actually a reindeer in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the the um, 1964 special with all the Island of Mississippi toys and stuff. I know there was a reindeer that, na- that was named Fireball, so that was actually a pretty good little nod. Number 10, Christ, like Christmas wreaths are religious symbols. The custom of bringing evergreens into the home began in the 16th century. Among Northern and Eastern Europeans, primarily Germans, as a means of cleaning up the Christmas tree and making it more uniform. Instead of throwing out cuts like cut off of greens, people wove them in they like, wove the excess into wreaths. However, the religious uh, significance is that the circular shape and evergreen material of the wreath uh, represents internal life, the circle which has no beginning or end. All right, we got a couple more we're going to do. And then, who knows, um, maybe if you guys like this, I'll like, do the rest next week. Number 11, Jingle Bells, was originally a Thanksgiving song. Turns out, we first started dashing through the snow for an entirely different holiday. James Lord uh, Pierrepont, if I butcher that, I'm sorry, wrote the, uh, the song called One Horse Open Sleigh for his church's Thanksgiving concert in the mid-19th century. Then in 1857, the song was re-released under the title We All Know and Love, and it's still amongst the popular Christmas songs today. And last one. Astronauts broadcast Jingle Bells from space. Nine days before Christmas in 1965, astronauts Wally... Uh, Shara, I'm just going to go with Wally. Wally and Tom Stafford aboard the Gemini 6 told Mission Control they, that they saw an unidentified flying object about to enter Earth's atmosphere, traveling in the polar orbit from north to south just as things got tense the, like, they interrupted the broadcast with jingle bells as, as Wally played 
a small harmonica accompanied by Tom shaking a handful of small sleigh bells. So even astronauts even celebrated Christmas in space. That is insane. Alright folks, well that is the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. And I apologize for the late episode today. But um, I, I managed to get it out there. And again, I'm sorry. But And again, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to hit that notification bell so that way you never miss an episode. Because a lot of uh, my, like some of my bonus episodes, actually a lot of them, go largely unannounced. So until next time, guys, stay awesome.